Hello, and welcome to Asians Represent. I'm Daniel Kwan. And I'm Agatha Chang. And we're your hosts. And today's topic is Magical Girls. This is also the first episode that you've taken the job, the main job of interviewer. Yeah, I got a pretty hype. You will be able to hear that. We go into some deep dives about anime. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was hella, hella. I learned a lot. You did. I you, learned a lot. You had the the Pikachu eyes. Had, if y'all have seen that meme, the the Pikachu the, meme, the Pikachu meme, where <laughs> Pikachu's mouth is like open. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah, that was your face. Maybe we should try to Photoshop my face onto Pikachu, looking like that. Um, sure. I don't know. That's a, we'll see. That, that's a thing. Go follow us on Instagram at AZNS Represent. <laughs> we which may or may not feature Daniel's face on a Pikachu. I just think of Ryan Reynolds in the new Pokemon uh, like a Pikachu movie. Don't talk to me about it. I'm really it. excited, and then when. He's fighting Charizard. He goes, Pika, Pika. I hate it so much. Okay. But so anyway. Who's our featured creator for this episode? Our featured guest is Brother Ming, who is an anime enthusiast who makes anime board games for fun. And he has uh, he has two games out already. One is called Fire Emblem and one is, no, one is based on Fire Emblem. The other one is based on Persona 5. And they've both been featured on Kotaku. And I think one of them is no longer available. It's the a fan fi- the game. Fi- the Fire Emblem game got shut down by Nintendo within like days of Kotaku. Otaku writing about it? Yeah, literally days because yeah. it's, you know, it's a Nintendo. Yes. Yeah. N- Nintendo doesn't like independent creators using their content. Yeah, but he's, yeah. he he knows a lot about anime and also a lot about magical girls as a genre. So we go into some I deep Way dives. more than both of us combined. Oh, that's true. Definitely. I feel like I contributed maybe a sliver of it. I've watched Sailor Moon, which you haven't watched. I know, it's true. It's a and, travesty. And I watched all of Card Captor Sakura. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good, solid, good show. Yep, and uh, I think those were the only two that came up because everything else that For I you. thought was Magical Girl was just like straight up shoujo. Yeah, true. true. Yeah. Which, is which I've read that. a lot of. Yeah, yeah. Which I have read a lot of. Yeah, you you read some of the crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this was a good episode. This was a good episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we get into the interview, I want to ask like, Agatha, what's, what's new with you? What's new with me? Well, I came back from Dreamation and it was so fun i freaking larped the whole way and uh oh except for one game which is cat that was yeah uh red carnations on a black grave and it's gonna be on kickstarter soon but not yet and it's so fun it's really depressing and i also larped um cleo cleo yunsu davis's yeah after after we talked about it on the podcast uh yeah it's the one uh but not tonight which is about when you're high schoolers Mm -hmm. who have to who are all gathered into this bomb shelter and I think during the 80s and and then you don't know if there is a nuclear apocalypse going on outside and you also want to deal with your feelings. It was so good. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Dreamation. Yeah, Dreamation. And if you're listening to this episode now, uh, dear listener, uh, we'll have done a lot already. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll have all, all four of the Asians represent people, uh, you, myself, Jade, and of course, our friend Amar. Yeah. We'll have already gone to Breakout Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jade will have already gone to GDC mm-hmm. because Jade's leaving us for video games. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. Um, and is there anything else? We've we've got those two cons. Yeah. What, what projects are you working on? Uh, well, you're working on. I'm working on. Well, I have just been announced as the co-author of Hearts at Wulian, which is the PBTA game part by the Apocalypse game about wuxia melodrama, and it is so fun. We don't. Uh, there's there's nothing to follow yet, but I will update us. We're gonna do a whole episode do. on it. Yes, I'm gonna. We don't talk about hero. Yeah, we're gonna talk about hero, House of Flying Daggers. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about it all. 
Yeah, we're gonna Pup talk about Crouching Tiger. We're gonna talk about your favorite favorite dude, Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Yes. I hope he's okay. <laughs> he he's fine. I, I hope so. He is. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about him. He went back on set. It's all good. Uh, will he ever be the same? Uh, I don't know. But we'll learn about my my love for Donnie Yen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're you're doing Hearts of Wulin, and that's super exciting that you're because you went from being a developmental consultant to being co-author. Yeah, I was. Which is awesome. Yeah, I was just the the sensitivity reader, which I still am actually. Uh, these are separate roles, but now I'm also co-author. Went from zero to hero. I don't know. No, you went from hero to hero because you're already a hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you got that going on. Anything else you got going on? No, that's it for now. All right. We'll get some other stuff, I, but I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember. We can talk about that when we talk about Hearts of Wu and Usha. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on a couple things right now. Ooh. I'm the developmental editor for Dino Wranglers, which Dino. is a family-friendly sort of uh, sci-fi fantasy uh, token-based RPG. Mm. That's on Kickstarter right now. I'm mm. the developmental editor and uh, sensitivity reader, and I'm writing a section on Asians in cowboy sort of films mm. um, I'm doing developmental editing for that one I'm doing sensitivity reading uh, for a game called uh, Lawless Heaven by my pal Fraser Ronald oh, okay. uh, and I'm also a sensitivity reader on a game called Honor Awakening by Ooh. Dom Perry, Nine Dragons Publishing Ooh. so yeah Th- three games. Two of them involve, you know, Asian cultures. Ooh. And they, they involve Asian people in the development. Yay. With, you know, you're co-authoring Hearts mm-hmm. of Wulin, which is amazing. Yeah, I'm co-authoring with Lil Francis. Yeah. Th- I mean, I'm super excited for you because this is going to be your, like, your first game. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm very excited. And we, we have one other thing uh, that we got going on that you and I have got going on. Mm-hmm. And that's Masks New Shambhala. New Shambhala. And we're actually sitting at a table right now about to record episode one, and we're joined by... Amar. And Jade. Yeah, and they've been listening to us the whole, the whole time. time. Yeah, we've been eyeing them to make sure. <laughs> I know, I've been like, making... Uh, don't talk until we tell you to talk. Do not drink that water. <laughs> <laughs> Amar, don't you dare take us for that tea. Uh, but uh, yeah, we New Shambhala episode zero is out, and the reception has been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reception has been wonderful. People seem to really like like these characters and this world. Yeah, we created a very fascinating world, a very fascinating city. So you should really check it out. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to episode zero, that's out on iTunes and Spotify right now. It will also be on the One Shot Network website. Mm-hmm. I'm going to post it tonight when I get <laughs> after we're done recording. You can do it. Yeah, I called him out on it. Yeah, Jade called me out on it. It's okay. It's, it's good to be kept in check. We're all keeping each other in check. Yeah. Um, that's that's why uh, a team is important. Yes. Um, but yeah, episode zero is out, and we're about to record episode one. Now, it is March right now. Episode one will not come out until April. Mm-hmm. But... If you are a member of the One Shot Podcast Patreon, you will have access to episode one a month ahead. Yeah. yeah a month ahead. Now, don't worry, uh, because it's going to come out the month later. Uh, but uh, if you really liked episode zero and you know you yourself want to be a superhero, you want to play a superhero game, maybe you want to follow along, uh, play a game in New Shambhala as we flesh out this world as well, get a copy of Masks. Head to mag- magpiegames.com because they have generously supported New Shambhala. Mm-hmm. Use code AZNS represent and get a 20% off your order of any mask product until the end of March. Mm-hmm. But yeah, enough about masks because this episode is about magical girls. Yeah. 
Jesus. And please give it up for Brother Ming. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about what is our first memory of uh, Immaculate Girl anime that we watched. So, what is it for you, Ming? Oh, okay, just jumping right into it. This Please is a good All right. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, sorry, my first Magical Girl anime, or just anime in general? Oh, we can do okay. First anime, and then first Magical Girl. Okay, so first anime I ever watched uh, was when I was in China, and it was either Beyblades or uh, Martian successor Nadesco. I can't remember which. It was about the same around the same time. Wait, what's the what's the second one? I know Beyblades. Martian, Martian su- uh, successor Nadesco, which is a really old school mecha anime, uh, and it was just really it was really popular at the time when I was like five. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember seeing it, and then my dad, my dad bought me the uh, the VCD set. Uh, nice. So yeah, I've been I've been into anime since since way too long ago. <laughs> I have never heard of that one. It's a good. It's actually a really good show. Uh, Martian Succession Nadesco. I re um, like I lost touch with anime because it wasn't airing on TV anymore once I moved to America. Hmm. And then when I was in a middle school i discovered anime streaming websites and then i uh-huh, yes. dove right back into <laughs> it and then uh i rewatched martian success on the desk sometime in high school and it's actually a really really good show it's a very dark mecha anime hmm. uh, part of that whole generation of you know uh uh evangelion uh yeah like gundam wing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i was making it to yeah. america yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't know oh if we're thinking about like first anime that we watched that's very hard for me to know yeah, yeah because i a long time ago <laughs> yeah and also because it was constantly on tv when i was in taiwan and mm-hmm. uh, i feel like it's either chibi maruko chan which is this it's another one i don't know this is this is the the elementary school girl who like is just living out her life trying to trying to survive and and chilling with her friends and or grandpa and her sister is chilling with her friends and her grandpa yeah and, and that's the what, show yeah this is like a slice of life it is it is <laughs> like um it's slice of life before slice of life became an actual genre like like uh like yatsuba mm. uh, yatsuba is good i like yatsuba super that's good. a cute slice of life is that the hot spring? No. no. That's the one with the little girl with the green hair. Oh, yeah. yeah she's oh, really cute. Is... And yeah. then big sister. And just hijinks. It's one of those hijinks. Yeah. A four coma turned into an anime. Yeah. Does, um, oh, is that? Okay. So I'm trying to think of animes for, for me. Mm-hmm. And like, we were just talking earlier and we said, we said Pokemon. Yeah. Like, I feel like Pokemon's a big one for most people. Like Pokemon, Dragon Ball mm-hmm. Z, Gundam yeah, Wing. in the West for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, what's it called? Escaflone. Oh, yeah. I don't watch that. That was on. That was on Toonami, wasn't it? Yeah, that was around the same time. Yeah. And then I have yeah. to, I'm still sitting weird because I'm I'm doing trying to fix my our, our power option over here. Oh, okay. And um, what was the last one? I guess Sailor Moon and Card Captor Sakura. But I never really mm-hmm. knew that Yu-Gi-Oh. those were anime. Yu-Gi-Oh oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yes. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, some there's a lot of popular for uh, four kids ones, One Piece, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, uh, and then you know transition to like the big Shonen Jump um, transitions, like uh, Naruto, of course. Yo, I Naruto's have, life though. I have <laughs> never watched One Piece. 
One Piece? Oh. You don't need to. It's, it's still uh, going, it, it never right? ends, so it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, I used to really Ooh. love it. <laughs> it depends. Uh, people who like it really like it. It's 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 such a long form show. It's like it, it's, you know how people describe certain games as lifestyle games, like Magic the Gathering is a lifestyle game. Uh, one Piece is a lifestyle anime. Yeah, I mean, I, when I, I say One Piece is okay, being a person who will never not love it, even though I understand all of its flaws. Like it's just, it that makes so much sense. Wait. Can we first explain what is a life? What do you mean by lifestyle game? Like magic being oh, a lifestyle so, game? Yeah, like, so it, in like, it, like it costs so much money, it changes your lifestyle. <laughs> so no. Hey, well, I only heard the term pretty recently during topics like we were talking about um, a Keyforge. Uh, oh yeah, idea Keyforge. For a lifestyle game is just a. It's a game that you you revolve your life around. The game doesn't enter your life; your life enters it. <laughs> oh, like every single game I play. <laughs> yeah, like League of Legends is a lifestyle game, whereas mm. uh, Final Fantasy is not a lifestyle game, right? It enters your life, and then you finish it, and then it leaves your life. Oh, I see. Oh. So I think one of the yeah the components is that it needs to go on forever. In yeah, case, so one, so piece, one piece is deep, <laughs> or you need to develop a deep addiction to it. Yeah, one piece, and then for me, case closed or detective case Conan. closed. Oh. Certainly was a lifestyle anime. Which one's, which one's that? <laughs> that was the one with the, oh. the the young boy who solves crimes and he wears a bow tie. Yeah. I was I thought that was Detective Conan. It is Detective Conan. It's the same code. Yeah, same name. Oh, it's the same name. In okay. the West they call it case mm-hmm. case closed. Oh yo, that show like scarred me when I was a kid. Cause it was it used to be really dark and a lot more explicit, I think. Right. So then like they show you like like all these death scenes and then but it's like marketed for kids and then so I watched it and I was like, oh, I'm so scared. Oh God, remember with the direction that you're speaking. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh my God. Yeah, but first, <laughs> first Magical Girl show though. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, let's get back onto the topic. So we're talking about Magical Girls today. Yes. Uh, my first Magical Girl show. Oh man, I mean, I want to say it's probably Tokyo Mew Mew because I missed out. I mean, I watched a couple of episodes of Car Captor and Sailor Moon, but I didn't like watch it, watch it. But I watched Tokyo Mew Mew when it was on. I think four. Can you explain that one? I have. Never oh my heard gosh, of Tokyo Mew Mew. No, I mean they have like cat ears. I think. Isn't that what <laughs> well, it was? the the main character is a cat ears, but all of the different magical girls, their mascots were instead of just being mas- like straight up plushies were uh plushies of different animals so mm. one was a dolphin another one was i think a monkey so it was like um so yeah instead of being magical girls they were magical uh uh like anthropomorphic <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah magical girls instead yeah, I remember Tokyo Mimi was definitely aimed towards young women, but it was like one of the ones that was like a little more I don't know, it's not like adult, but it was like there it was like a little bit explored like relationships more than like say Card Capri Sakura did. Yeah, because that was I think really it was more childish, I think. In retrospect, I think it was more childish. But that's because I think um Car Captor Sakura and Sailor Moon in the West was heavily edited to make it less adult. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, because I never watched 
I only watch Card Captor Sakura like here in the West. So I guess I never knew. And I never watched an episode of Sailor Moon. So, <laughs> yo, I, okay. So for me, Sailor Moon was always like, there's this guy in Sailor Moon named Tuxedo Mask. Yes, it's mm-hmm. true. That's and his true thing was like, he would like throw these roses. Yeah. Let me tell you a story about <laughs> Tuxedo Mask and young Daniel. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> so he always had this thing where he would make this like really flashy entrance. Mm-hmm. And he would like throw the rose. <laughs> I remember. Oh, this is just coming back to me now. I remember when I was a kid going into my parents' backyards and trying to throw flowers. Like tuxedo mask and be like, yes. Why the fuck aren't they sticking into the ground? <laughs> oh, so bad. Hey, I mean, it happens to every generation. That's why the Naruto run is such a big deal, and now we have Fortnite dances. Oh god. Oh wow. <laughs> every every generation of kids wants to emulate how cool the characters look. Oh yeah. And it's not until we're adults that we realize, wow, we were really lame. Yeah. I, I still think I, I still stand by me being cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's 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 a scientific method, right? Like you're trying it out and you're like I've seen this happen before, so it should work in real life. It should in theory work in real life. Yeah. I mean, if it did, that'd be so sick though. I mean, also right? also dangerous. Super dangerous though. Super dangerous. Yeah. I don't know what Okay, so I think my first um uh magical girl anime was probably uh, card capture Sakura then. Um, yeah, since I never watched uh, Sailor Moon. Even though when I was a kid, I remember when I was in uh, kindergarten and then I used to play with uh, my classmates and then they, they would assign different s- sailors. <laughs> uh, different sailors? Uh, yeah. Sail- are they sa- the Sailor Scouts, right? Is that mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they always told me I should be Sailor Mercury because uh, I wore glasses. Wait. Does she wear glasses? Doesn't she wear glasses? Yeah, she does. She has blue hair and she wears glasses. And I was always like, that's rude. <laughs> you know? and if I were to choose now, that's I would rude. be. rude. Yeah, because, I don't know. They picked all the ones with long hair and I wanted long hair. Mm-hmm. So Tokyo yeah. Mew Wow. Yeah, I looked Tokyo Mew Mew and uh, Sailor Moon, they were part of that. Like, uh, So I guess talking about you know Magical Girls, they were on the side of Magical Girls that was more Sentai yeah uh trained so that's why like certainly like with you know both hogemimu and uh sailor moon like when they got really big you had kids being like i'm i'm the cat or i'm mercury yeah right yeah, uh, yeah like it's it's it, it it fosters that kind of like uh self-insertion because like all the girls have to have very different personalities so yes. they can relate to at least one of them yes and then this way they can sell merchandising really well yes definitely <laughs> right whereas Whereas with shows like Car Captor Sakura, it was more so. I would argue Car Captor Sakura was almost more uh, adult oriented because it actually explored a lot of really, and especially not just the first show, like because it has such long continu- continu- uh, continuity. Yeah. Basically, uh, I might be wrong on this, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure like there's this older guy in Car Captor Sakura who was hinted at being romantically interested in Sakura, but then actually ends up being the ancestor of yes. the yeah, great the guy with mage, like the, the gray uh, hair. Yeah, the guy with the yeah, glasses. Like, <laughs> kind of, kind of yeah. creepy at first. He was always like weirdly 
Yeah, I was into him though. Yeah. <laughs> Watching as a kid, I was like, "Oh my gosh, he's so hot!" <laughs> an older friend? No, like an older hot yeah. guy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, he, I think I think in the show he ends up being like an ancestor of a great mage or something. Yeah, and, like, it's it's it gets really complicated. Sakura gets way more complicated because they the uh, the team behind it has built this giant multiverse around yeah. the universe, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, so that's Clamp, right? Yeah, if you if you ever read you know XXX Holic, mm-hmm. or if you've ever read Subasa uh, Reservoir Chronicles, yeah, um, they're all built into this giant multiverse uh, Wait, of the Car Captor Sue. Are those two yeah. magical girl series then? No, no, no oh, okay. Not, I was like, no. I read both of those. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the multiverse, basically. <laughs> there was there was a second where I was like, oh, I might know something. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that's indicative of the fact that I don't know what the magical girl genre is. Yeah, like, well, how do you yeah. define it? Yeah, I mean, like if we're thinking about just like the history of the magical girl genre, it's actually so interesting. When I was doing just a little bit research into it, because like the first magical girl shows, like this was like I think the first one was in nineteen nineteen sixty six. Yeah. They they were actually inspired by the American sitcom Bewitched, which is like where this lady who's a witch she she marries Bewitched. Yeah, she marries this dude, and then she's <laughs> like, "Oh, let me solve all my daily issues with magic." And then that was like cited as the inspiration for two shows. Uh, one is Mitsu Mite- oh, Mitsuru's uh, Mahotsukai Sally, which is Sally the Witch, and <laughs> also um, uh, let's see, Akatsuka Fujio. No, Fujio. Akasuka Fujio's uh, Hinitsu no Akko-chan, which is like another one. They're both like from 1966. And it's, I find that so interesting that it's like, even at the root of it, it was like Western inspired. But I'm sure we're going to revisit this. Yeah. uh, (laughs) And so like, but at that time, like those two shows were both pretty wholesome because they're like, you know, it's the sixties and then they're just like girls. And then a lot about like, living their life and then finding uh finding their identity while like navigating through issues that every young girl <laughs> young woman would encounter yeah so like and that's basically what the genre is about sort of yeah it, it, where it used to be yes um it's it certainly uh expanded a lot in my opinion mm-hmm. but yeah like who who do you think is the intended audience then um, so uh, I guess we can pivot towards, uh, so we've talked about, you know, classic magical girl shows. I think we can pivot towards modern day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I would say the modern magical girl anime starts with uh, Madoka Magica. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really hard to talk about magical girls nowadays without bringing that show up at least once. Yeah. Um, and so it's not the first of its kind to be subversive or deconstruction of the genre the same director before it directed magical uh mahoshojo lyrica nanoka yeah but that one was that one was a little bit more traditional it just had really grim uh backstories for the girls and but nobody died right and it wasn't really a deconstruction of the uh the The genre. genre yeah right but with modern day basically i think once that subversion came through once the deconstruction came through the target audience definitely pivoted towards well here are all the people who grew up watching magical girl shows Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and now they're adults we can start making we can basically deconstruct and subvert the genre to 
ask the questions that they didn't ask when they were five to 10 years old. Right. Yeah. Cause, uh, medical magica basically was like, uh, where did this magical uh, mascot come from? Right. Where did the bad people come from? Right. Why are people fighting? Uh, and it's it's very interesting. Basically, every anime since then, which I think was eight years ago, mm-hmm. uh, every magical girl's anime since there ha- has either tried to emulate what Madoka has done and failed, uh, pivoted towards the same idea, but in a comedy sense, mm, yes. uh, or have gone one step further uh <laughs> to subvert what Madoka was right. a subversion of the subversion yeah uh, which is you know eight years later that's to be expected and there's a great example of it right now the current season's magical girl spec up spec ops asuka which uh i watched a good bit about and uh whenever we want to start really talking about the subversion of the subversion i this is a good anime to talk about because yeah. it is I just looked that up. (laughs) So I'm going to list out briefly what I think defines a magical girl genre. Yeah, this is that's not what I thought. (laughs) She got guns. Well, yeah. (laughs) So I I feel like at its core, or at least at its starting point, um, magical girl genres were uh, as a genre was about. um, It's it's kind of. It started off as a way for young women to see themselves, um, explore what it's like to grow up and to mm-hmm. hit puberty, basically. Um, and because like there are so many shows, um, the older uh, magical girl shows, where it's like in their normal self, they're maybe in elementary school or maybe middle school. But then when they do their magical transformation, they turn into adults. So adult women mm-hmm. who also happen to have magical powers. And that's basically just um, it's just a a metaphor for for growing up and then living adult lives with adult decisions. And it's magic, but it's also it's, it's very interesting. And they're like exploring, like dressing up and then like play playmaking what it's like to be an adult woman so is it like and certainly the genre has had basically yes they're typically middle or elementary schools typically middle school if i if i'm getting it right but mm-hmm. yeah the the series if a if a magical show has an ending it's always ending with them graduating or defeating the evil and then being able to move on as a non-magical girl but yeah like actually matured past being middle school yeah in which case mm-hmm. so yeah they're, they're definitely about uh maturing okay, as young, young so, so you said agatha you said something about them turning into adults yeah so it's like in sailor moon when they don their costumes mm-hmm. they they turn into adults is that is that yeah. what it is yeah and they're, so it's they're, like shazam like the dc comic <laughs> it's DC, yeah the dc comic shazam yes it's kind of like like that <laughs> i guess so like um it's not that extreme not so okay not that so extreme. not that extreme okay cool i'm just trying to i'm trying to um frame it in my head oh yeah for sure because up, uh, up until this point <laughs> my understanding of it only comes from two shows yeah that's fair and then a couple others that uh, you know a couple of minutes ago i thought might have been it but not because i when i think of like card captors i'm like oh this is slice of life mm-hmm. this is like exploring like like you said the, the themes of growing up yeah but also while being empowered, yeah, uh, with with these, well, I mean, Sakura's ability to literally capture cards, yeah, and twirl batons, yeah, like what? Yeah, she's pretty good at it. <laughs> pretty damn good at that. Yeah, right? and I guess another defining element in these shows is there's 
always got to be some kind of like jewelry or some kind of plasticky tiaras. looking thing. Yeah, tiara that you can then sell as a toy. Certainly merchandising. <laughs> to mon- to yeah, so <laughs> the, the, the tenet of the show is, uh, I guess, since to explain it even further down to just as basics, not talking about themes or anything. Mm-hmm. Magical Girls anime as the last 20 years, basically, the modern generation of it. Because uh, older ones, Princess Tutu and them, are a little bit different. But the modern formula of it is uh, monsters show up and they're evil and they do evil things. A magical mascot appears, usually in the shape of a plushie that can be very easily sold. Oh, like Kira. Uh, and that, mm-hmm. yeah, that okay. plushie uh, mascot then recruits an innocent, usually middle or elementary school girl to fight the evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the powers are always typically explained as, you know, it's drawn upon their innocence, upon their uh, idealism. And then several episodes of Monster of the Weeks later, they okay. eventually defeat the evil. And the uh, tenets of that is they always transform and they always transform using some kind of magical item. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's basically the core of what makes a magical girl show a magical girl show. Yeah. Ah, so transformation, empowerment. Mm-hmm. Transformation sees, yes. And uh, like an external evil. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, I kind of want to talk about like intended audience for the show mm. because when you said mm. Maho Shoujo Local Nanoha I was immediately like yes I remember that can and you say that slower so I can look that up oh sorry oh Maho Shoujo oh okay yeah found Lyrical it. Nanoha um, I, I remember when that came out and I was immediately like oh I'm not interested in this and the reason is because it's in the style of um, uh, like pr- pretty girls anime but for guys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not for that me. Was a show, that was a show uh, targeted for a male audience, for so sure. Th- because would it, this be a shoujo show then? No, that's a shonen show. Shonen, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yo, speaking of shoujo, uh, never mind. We'll get there later. <laughs> I got really into shoujo manga in high school. <gasps> Bless up. Like, really into it. Like, I read. Is it actually shoujo manga, though? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, Marmalade Boy. Yeah, oh my God. A, that was my first favorite shoujo. I, I, I was really into shoujo as well. Uh, Fruits Basket. Fruits Basket read all of that one yeah. too. Yeah, Fruits Basket was mm-hmm. depressing. Hot gimmick. It was. Oh, like it was hot very, gimmick. I read gimmick? all thirteen books. Hot gimmick was rude. Every time I I read it, I was like, I don't like this. Like, I didn't. I didn't quite read really, it. Like I was reading it. it and was I was awesome. Like, I was like, this one of the dudes is like objectively terrible. Mm. Like the lead dude. Mm. And I was reading it and I was like, I can't stop reading because it's like a soap opera. It is. It is. It's one girl, three guys. One of them is her brother. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's great. And there's also another one that I really like. I think uh, Absolute Boyfriend was another one that I read and oh, I hated the ending too. Oh, yeah. Well, I read the other <laughs> one by the same author. It was Fuchigi uh, Yugi. Mm-hmm. So, so actually, now that we're talking about this, I think the thing with uh, Lyrical Nanoha is because like... Uh, as far as in Japan goes, I mean, obviously outside of Japan too, uh, shoujo quickly devolved into oh, it's really the audience for shoujo isn't just girls. Like it's like it's like thirty percent guys. <laughs> so like a lot of these shoujo genres end up having uh, studios making sh- traditionally shoujo shows for males yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, vice versa. The both it comes back and forth basically. That's just true. Because like the anime industry in in Japan is. It's so much older than in like the movie industry, I feel like, mm-hmm. in terms of like exploring that boundary, like 
having you know everything is represented from the most over-the-top sexualization to the most innocence right like, yeah and you know you have everything yeah. so it's not as um there's always fan service so like yeah, if, there's, yeah <laughs> if it's not for you it's not for you like there's like literally you'll find what you want out of the anime industry, yeah right? i think you're like, really you're not yeah. mm-hmm. go ahead oh no so i was gonna say like it's uh it's a little bit easier where it's like you know with hollywood when you see like uh, you know black widow pose versus all the other avengers that's all you get like there's no other options yeah <laughs> yeah I, but yeah I, the first show that actually uh the first magical girl show according to what i found on google <laughs> is, <laughs> is that that was kind of like expanding the audience um was magical meg chang which is in 1974 and i love that uh the the reasons it was listed as definitely expanding the audience is one of its fan service, which includes uh, panty shots. And I was like, "That yes, that that makes so much sense. And I feel like <laughs> there's just, mm, like when I see that in any show, then it then it immediately makes me not want to watch it. But I feel like this, is, this exists in a lot of magical girl shows. So it, it makes the genre very interesting where it's both about empowering young women but it's also about objectifying young women sometimes in the same show often in the same show oh uh, yeah okay yeah i've, I've yeah, tried certainly to I've it's, it's gone with towards this. that because <laughs> it's like that's that's not because like, i was again like my whole frame of reference is like card captors yeah, card is so wholesome and sailor moon also pretty wholesome which I mean, is Sailor Moon has also <laughs> it already veers into the less wholesome territory which, yeah. is, which is probably why our masks <laughs> actual play is so wholesome because i'm trying to replicate those yeah 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 i'm so wait fan service is a part of the magical girl genre it's a part of anime in general oh yeah yeah i get that um, i always thought magical it's just one facet of anime i mean like if you want a recent one uh magical girl doremi mm. uh is oh. it's a magical girl show that you know is intended for little girls actually right? for it's, kids yeah yeah like it's it's like i said like um yeah you'll find fan service but you also find lots of shows that don't have fans yeah that's doremi looks yeah. like power the landscape is a lot bigger yeah doremi is definitely one that does not have upskirt mm-hmm. shots also, there's a little witch academia. Yeah, uh, that was very recent, right? Uh, so you know, these things exist side by side. There are shows that do both. There are shows that have no fan service, and there are shows that are that completely self-indulge in itself fan service. Yeah, because you know, there's there's different audiences for everything. Yeah, for sure. And then there's all of those sports shows that now feature like a lot of, or they're usually. I'm thinking about the ones that are like shonen uh, sports shows that have all these like shirtless boys because they just swim one swimming one free yeah free is great yeah uh the the best one this season is called uh run with the wind um they're not shirtless but oh it's so good (laughs) it's so wholesome it's about these 10 boys in college living in this dorm Mm. and they just want to run they just want to run on track team that's cute just want to run it is so sad because you're just like oh just let them run (laughs) it's it's so wholesome like it's like it's one yeah because and yeah, certainly the target audience for that show is not me, right? But I still enjoy yeah. it. Uh, it's literally just like 
if anybody hurts these boys, I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt someone. Yeah. <laughs> like hurt my boys. The only <laughs> one I know is Prince of Tennis. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Prince of Tennis hit mm. right at the time when I was like really hitting the stride of my pu- puberty. Oh yeah, and also Karkav and Sakura. And I remember being so obsessed with them because there were so many boys. I think that was the first sports anime where they realized how much potential market there was with uh, women as well. Yeah. Where they because like so much of their merchandise and all, so much of the fan art and just like fan fiction was, was mm. completely <laughs> from uh, women audiences. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. The uh, the uh, the fan base of um, Fujiyoshi's. Yeah. Uh, they go they go back real long, but yeah, like in recent years for sure they've grown to be a dominant market yeah. force. Yeah. Let's, like, let's explain every season. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Uh, they are so there's basically you know uh, an, the anime fandom has it's just so big like it's just, it's Japan's number one expert mm-hmm. right the industry is so big and once you have an industry that's that big it, it, it fractures right there are sub industries and so uh, like I said there's the industry of the you know older uh, male otakus who you know like fan service mm-hmm. there's the you know kids and one sector is called Fujiyoshi's uh, uh, there's also a sector called Fudan Joshi which is the male counterpart the same thing I think oh that um, makes sense but basically a Fujoshi I might be pronouncing this wrong I'm not yeah, Japanese Fujoshi, I'm yeah. to clarify uh, might be Fujiyoshi I have no idea okay the, the literal translation means um, uh, I think ugly or bad thoughts woman yeah uh, because it's it's uh, it's the market of girls who like shows with pretty boys and have very innocent innocent love between the pretty boys and then they get to fan art it uh, into not so innocent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's uh it's great. I mean, it's just another. I think the anime industry. So as somebody who is a giant weeb, I think the anime <laughs> industry's landscape is just beautiful. <laughs> it is. It is so inclusive. No other entertainment industry nor fandom is as inclusive as anime. That's a really interesting way of thinking about it. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. My Every face. single. But every single kink is that's covered. True. Like everyone has that's a place. <laughs> Daniel's face is like <laughs> shook. <laughs> I shook. have so many. I have so many tabs open on my computer right now because I'm trying to keep up. Oh boy. Oh, it's quickly going to devolve <laughs> into something else soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's certainly be, uh, in the West. It certainly has a bad rep because you know the uh, the more hypersexualized side is way more visible. Yeah. Like that's what gets a lot of traction, yeah, a lot of stereotypes. Yeah. But the if you actually are part of the industry and like you go to cons, it's like you know everyone is just doing their own. Yeah. Thing, right. It's. Uh, but I agree. I agree, especially inside uh, right now. We are a board game or analog podcast, right? Uh, inside this industry right now, it is, uh, it's it's got some work. Yeah. <laughs> We've got some ways to go before we become as holistic and homogenous and varied as the actual anime industry. Right. I think the... <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm like Agatha said. I'm real shook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, let me gather myself. So, like, okay, I've never played a magical girl themed RPG, like tabletop Ooh. RPG. Never. We should play one. I need to rectify this. I want to. I have not either. because oh. it leads into one of the questions that we have from from people online. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll go to that at the end because. Uh, I need to think more about my response because yeah. I'm not ready yet. Yeah. One of the questions was, and we'll get to this at the end. Yeah. What does your transformation look like? Yes. 
Oh, so, I'm still thinking about. That. So I'm gonna give you. Yeah, I'm gonna let you percolate on this, Ming, and then we'll we'll come back to the yeah, question I'll later. Let, let both of you know ahead of time, so but, you can come up with something. Yeah, unless you already have one. But like, I've never, I do I've not. never oh, played boy. like a magical girl RPG, and my only encounter with a magical girl tabletop game was mm-hmm. a negative one. Oh, at Gen Con. Mm. <laughs> I feel like. Well, that's your problem. So, <laughs> you, can probably, you can probably guess what I'm going to like. Okay, I went, I was walking around and I saw this board guest, this giant, like, like banner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. It's like anime girls, yeah. board game, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. I go and like, I think my first question is probably the same question that both of you would have be like, where are the Asians at? Yeah. Like, uh, look, <laughs> and it's just like, all I see are like, like white cosplayers. Are we talking about this? Are we talking about this? I mean, if this? If this is a part of the tabletop, I want to talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah. This is part no, that, of the problem that's, with that's, tabletop this is, this anime. Is kind of what I envisioned, because I was like, after that incident, I was like, this, this is real, like, there's something wrong here. Right. Because mm-hmm. the entire team no, I was agree. all, the design, entire design team was all white dudes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of fan service, which had me shook because, again, up until this point, I did not associate fan service with, magical with the magical girl. girl genre. Right. Yeah, that's fair. And then they had women in cosplay demoing the game. Right. White women. Right. In Asian costumes, Asian looking costumes. Yeah. <laughs> the the current state of anime in board games is uh, Asians aren't very involved, mm. uh, and that is just because we're not in Asia and board games aren't <laughs> as popular in Asia. Right. And because like you know you have this thing which grew very naturally over decades in Japan that is able to include all kinds of you know uh, all kinds of um fans mm-hmm. right uh fan service literally to every genre like fan service doesn't just mean sexualization yes. fan service can be trains yeah right like an anime that has very detailed hyper realistic trains that's fan mm-hmm. service true um but in america fan service only means one right. thing because it's a lot younger and lo- a lot more immature and that's all they right. see and so with board gaming being such a new industry uh that's kind of just what's taken root first which is a little bit unfortunate and that's kind of where i'm what i <laughs> that's it's kind of part of what i'm doing like i want to make anime and board games come together a little yeah. bit more. um like I, make games. and i mean i'm not <laughs> yeah I, I make fan games of anime that i really like uh and i mean i'm not like i like fan service like i'm not gonna deny mm-hmm. it right it's it's just another but i like everything anime um but the industry currently is it's not it's not nearly as diverse and varied as the actual anime community unfortunately uh but that's not to say there's no good anime board games out there uh a little bit shout outs uh z-man games has published shadow hunters which is a great anime okay um exceed season two by level 99 games also an incredibly good gorgeous anime board game um uh warriors of jogu by monsu uh monsu games i think or monsu productions mm-hmm. also a gorgeous looking anime board game so it's out there it's growing mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah 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 no the lack of asians of the anime scene and board games it's <laughs> it's uh it's a uh, sad yeah <laughs> whoa <laughs> 
It's sad. It's sad. I mean, uh, maybe we'll get there one day. I'm trying yeah. my best. I I applied for a panel at uh, Gen Con. Oh. Uh, so I got ex- I applied for a panel at Gen Con that's already been accepted that talks about uh, use of Asian culture and themes in analog mm-hmm. games uh, with uh, Banana and mm-hmm. Sin, Wong Lim. Uh, and I, but I also applied for another panel at the same time, uh, basically to talk about the state of the industry as far as anime and tabletop are concerned, crossing. Ooh. And uh, one was accepted, the other was not. So, <laughs> yo, I want to play Seed. Oh, did you like the pictures of it? It's, it's a card game, right? Seed. Exceed is great. Exceed is a 1v1 fighting card game. Yeah, that's that's the, I want to play this game. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so let's actually go back to, like, what what are the... Uh, because we, you were almost going to start talking about the subversion of the magical girl genre. Now that we've kind of, oh, like, yeah. talked about the history and a lot of the themes that are associated with the magical girl genre what is what is the subversion that you were talking about with uh maho shoujo madoka magica oh yeah so uh, we've talked about what makes a magical girl Mm -hmm. anime you have evil monsters external evil forces show up mascot shows up recruits innocent middle schooler to fight the evil eventually defeat the external evil uh with lots of metaphors and just show about the girl herself growing up becoming uh becoming a more uh i don't want to say adult because high school isn't really adult but in this at, at context in context yeah. it is uh, <laughs> it's puberty yeah. right um with madoka magica uh which came out in 2011 uh it actually has a lot of interesting uh, history behind it basically the anime was advertised as if it was just another slice of life, really cutesy for, oh. for kids. Um, Magical Girl Show. The advertising was very, very innocent. Wow. Right? Very, very innocent. In fact, uh, spoiler territory immediately. The show came out nine years ago. If you haven't watched it and you're interested in getting to Magical Girls, Skip ahead. Uh, this talk is trying to convince you to get into it anyway. Well, that so was the question. Actually, the question was, how do you, what, what's the best place to start? Yeah. Oh. Right. Oh, what's the best place to start? If, if, uh, if you want to get started onto modern magical girl anime, and you haven't, and you've already watched shows like Sailor Moon, Magical Magica is certainly <laughs> the best place to start. Like, there's no question about it. Uh, right. So you were, but okay, yeah. Talking about mm-hmm. subversion. Um, basically, it was advertised as a very, very innocent show, and then. The, it's the same trappings. Uh, you have your main character is a is a middle school girl with pink hair, very bright, uh, innocent. She gets recruited by this very cute plushy mascot who's this like little Kalkubi, uh, which is like a little rabbit doll kind of mm-hmm. mascot, uh, who's like, hey, sign this contract, and we need your help to fight off witches, and I'll make you into a magical girl, giving you powers, and you'll be a warrior of justice. Uh, and she's like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. And then she drags her friend into it, and they go out and fight magical girls. Uh, and then uh, they meet another magical girl who's, like, their senpai. And then on episode three, uh, like, it, it was already a little bit weird and disturbing. But in episode three, they get into a fight, and they just get killed. Like, brutally murdered by monsters. Like, murder, murder. Like, it is very gruesome, and it just come almost comes out of nowhere it doesn't really because there are hints uh 
but yeah so all of a sudden the main character is like whoa this job this contract this magical girl dream is nowhere near as like wonderful as i thought it was this is actually dangerous like you're fighting to protect the world and basically the entire show comes down to her realizing that the magical mascot uh was actually orchestrating some kind of universe grand scheme where she he recruits girls to fight evil and then uh if they lose faith they become evil but then he's actually benefiting because he's collecting their emotions oh, snap uh yeah it's very 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 crazy like there's time travel involved in the end the main character literally becomes god as, uh, yeah <laughs> as you do it's it's a crazy <laughs> show what as you do uh basically yeah yeah so it's it's very crazy because Okay, so where the subversion comes in, right? So I gave you a really quick glimpse synopsis. If that makes you interested, go watch it. It's a great show. Um, so here's where the subversion comes in. It asks, where does the mascot come from, right? That's number one. And why does the mascot want to fight the evil? Why does a mascot show up and always recruit a young girl and says your innocence is so important to you having powers? Like, like that makes no sense if you right. think about it for yeah. a second. And the show basically explains it as the mascot is actually the mastermind. They're orchestrating this whole thing and they want to recruit young girls because they're easily manipulable. Uh, and the second question is versus where does the evil come from? Because the evil is always external. Uh, and the way the show tries to answer that is that the evil, the you know, the external evil, the witches are just magical girls that has fallen. Right? Uh, so, so it's 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 the first show that really does this. It's not the first show. I I, I keep saying that, but it's the first successful right. show that does this. Right. And that's really all that matters, right? <laughs> uh, and so ever since that show over the last eight years a lot of shows have tried mm-hmm. to do this um and i want to talk about two particular shows okay. uh both within mm-hmm. the last year uh so that they're very recent examples that does this uh and where the state of the magical girl show is now uh if yeah, you want to get into it. that now okay so there's two uh the first one i'll start off with is is a magical girl ore which aired uh last year mm-hmm. beginning of last year the manga was written uh, in 2013, I believe. Uh, but basically, so after 2011, it was when Madoka came out. The mangas also started changing, and now the anime is catching up. Ore, which means uh, ore means I, which is uh, but in Japanese, I has a female and male co- uh, uh, yeah. pronoun attached to it. So ore means the male masculine mm-hmm. I. So magical ore is the magical girl masculine myself because the whole premise of the show is uh evil shows up a magical mascot mm-hmm. shows up but the magical mascot is actually a old man yazuka <laughs> and the yeah, old man yazuka actually like, ends up like, getting like, like a plushy like body oh yeah he's a gangster he's like he's a super right. old okay. gangster yeah, like yeah. cartoony yeah. gangster like with a scar down his left eye he wears sunglasses mm-hmm. and he's really rude and uh but he has the body of like a plushy <laughs> nice. stuffed toy <laughs> and so he shows up he gives what uh gives magical powers to this little girl uh who's like i want to save uh this guy i have a crush on and then when he transforms he transforms into a super muscular dude like muscular dude and she's like wait what this isn't what i signed <laughs> up for and then the uh <laughs> but the premise the you know the subversion of the show is like did you really think uh that the most practical way for you to fight evil is to like be a oh. little girl like no we're gonna we're gonna jam pack you full of muscle right. and here's a gun 
<laughs> Except she does she refuses to take the gun. It's a really funny comedy bit. And so instead, what he does, he gives her like hair clips, like really cute hair clips. Uh, he's she's because uh, she's like, no, I don't want that gun. Don't you have like a more cute weapon? He's like, here's a hair clips. He's like, throw it at the enemy, and then she throws it, and they right. turn out the grenades. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 very it's like it's funny. It's like, uh, no, like we have to be practical, like. <laughs> Like, uh, you don't get laser beams. Here's some guns and grenades. Right. Yo, I want to watch this. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. it's very funny. Or is it, is it's it super funny. It's super, super funny. I, I think it's, yeah, it's an anime. It's an anime okay, cool. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's going the yeah. other direction, right? It's going, uh, let's not ask these serious questions, but let's like, let's poke fun yeah. at the genre itself. Whereas like a lot of these things don't make sense. Instead of trying to explain it in dark ways, let's explain right. it in comedic yeah. ways. Uh, which is a great direction. There's a lot of shows like this. Uh, Zombie Deska is another one where like the magical girl is a guy who like gets killed and then gets revived as a zombie, but a zombie magical yeah. girl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of anime yeah. um, in general is, I, well, I feel like there's a lot of comedy in well, in these examples with like the magical genre but also just with an anime in general where there's still i feel like they're still catching up on some of the lgbt stuff so like there's there's still some of that like chance for like like it's not it's mm, i think there's some like tone deafness in terms of like like cross-dressing for humor still that it's like very not trans friendly but mm-hmm. but it, mm-hmm. it, it certainly yeah. depends on the genre there's a I think if there's a good show about it, there's a Genshiken, I love Genshiken. which is a yeah. Genshiken has a, mm. a second season, the second uh, manga about? arc. Uh, so volume ten and beyond. The first season of Genshiken was the first nine volumes. They there was a like eight year gap, and then they picked it up, and the author wrote another series based on the same. It's still Genshiken okay, so, continued, and there is a uh, so so. For- Oh, go ahead. There's Sorry. a, a cross character. That's very, so very for, good. So for context for the listeners and for you, Agatha, mm-hmm. Genshin was this manga that came out like in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's one of the ones that like my high school got. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just about like otaku culture. Mm-hmm. But oh. Specifically about this like school club and their love of otaku mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 really good. I like the art a lot. And... Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the tone deafness is like I guess, yeah, certainly yeah, it's the there. Uh, it is used uh, for comedic effect, uh, but this one is literally this one is more like Shazam. Like she is a tiny little middle school girl, and she transforms into like Jack. <laughs> right. Uh, it's uh, it, it's completely comedic. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like um, but yeah, kind of this goes back to my old point. Is like I feel, uh, yeah, certainly. There's yeah, I feel like anime there, yeah. is really progressive in some ways, uh, even just in its embrace, for example, of like even the like the Fujoshi culture and like all the anime and manga that kind of came out of that, like BL manga, uh, which is basically for it's called it stands for boys love. And it's like for um, just like gay romances, basically. And then there's also GL, which is uh, like gay romances between women. Um but then in other areas, it's it's still it, it doesn't see its blind spots. So, it, yeah, I feel like anime is always a mixed bag, and it's even the case with Magical Girls, where there's some part of it it's like so cool and so empowering, and I think that's what a lot of people draw on when they make these uh, Magical Girl role playing games. At least the ones that I'm thinking of, like For Love and Justice, and then also uh, Domino Magica. 
these these two games uh, they're drawing on the more like a Sentai based <laughs> so okay. like Sailor Moon kind of superheroes. Yeah, yeah, where it's just basically smashing together two genres of like ma- girls with magic and then also we're superheroes. Uh, okay. That kind of vibe. And that's really positive. And then there are other stuff that we also need to take mm-hmm. uh, with an awareness of what it is. There's a actually on that note, there's another anime called um, a Cutie High mm-hmm. Earth Defense club i believe that is uh the same sentai formula of magical girls very very mm. sailor moonish uh but it, it takes place in an mm. all boys high school and the it's basically the it's basically the same formula and it just asks well right. what if they were just boys uh, like no cross-dressing or anything yeah. what if they're just boys and they they transform into like um their costumes look kind of like a, a drum line like uh male oh, drum okay. line drummers uh but very colorful very very colorful uh, and it's great. It's yeah, like it's <laughs> right. Like you said, it, the certain parts are tone deaf, but you know, it's the industry is so wide. Like everyone gets yeah, what they want in a way. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, so moving, I guess, if we uh, moving on to more, even as far as magical girls concerned, even more uh, mm-hmm. dark subversion. So if they, so the modern day this this year, basically, magical ore was an example of. What if we just, you know, slapstick mm-hmm. comedy it? The other hyper uh, spectrum is literally this season. There's an anime called Magical Girl Spec Ops right. Asuka, which is, it's it's pretty fan service heavy, but I would say not even that bad. But um, the, the premise of the show is so crazy. It is essentially saying Madoka Magica was like child's play in terms of asking Ooh. the real questions. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So let me just let me just mm-hmm. read you the premise of the show. All right. Uh, so in this show, uh, instead of one monster shows up in one neighborhood, monsters show up all over the world. Because why would a monster just happen to show up right. next to this True. high school or middle school? Right. It shows up all over the world. And when monsters show up all over the world, not just one mascot show up and recruit one individual high, uh, middle schooler. They show up all over the world too. Uh, and so basically it explains it as the monsters are basically an, you know, a country or a race from a different dimension. And from the same dimension, the spirits, the mascots are also here. And so while the, when the mascots invade Earth, uh, when, the, when the monsters invade Earth, uh, the mascots come to Earth and basically cooperate with Earth's various governments and says, we'll hi- help you fight hmm. off these monsters. Uh, so it, it answers a lot of questions of saying, no, if monsters starting attacking people, uh, this isn't going to be isolated to just a, mm-hmm. a middle school neighborhood. The monsters aren't just going to show up every single week, just coincidentally mm-hmm. next to the same girl. Uh, the government is definitely going right. to get involved because mm-hmm. why would they not? Uh, and so, and magic is definitely going to get militarized. Right, the government is going to be the one signing the contracts, and they're going to be helping the magical girls fight off this literal right. alien army. And so, the premise of the show within the first episode is that uh, every single nation are like forming contracts to help fight off, and all the all the world comes together to face off this alien force, uh, very mm-hmm. Avengers style, and they fight them off. And uh, and so, basically, the one of the opening scenes is literally all the different countries armies are just in ruins they're like they're super mm-hmm. gruesomely destroyed 
two characters are alive. One dude's missing his arm, and he's just like, I can't believe all the armies in the world come together, the best of the best, and all we can do is just like still end up relying on these girls. And then, you know, cuts away to the girls, and there's five of them, and they're like, so many of other allies have died, and it's just like only mm-hmm. five magical girls left. There's like one from China, one from Europe, one from America. Uh, so like, and then they they defeat the final boss, right? And that all mm-hmm. happens within the first five minutes. Because the show sets it up by answering these questions and saying, no, this is what a real <laughs> situation might look like. And then jumps three years later and says, but the real question is what the hell would actually happen? And three years later, uh, the war has ended. And basically, the main character that you follow is one of the surviving magical girls mm-hmm. that, quote unquote, saved the world. And she's in a modern world full of cynics and uh, like people who praise her. There's people who are like, sure, they defeated the monsters, but you know the world hasn't been really unsafe. Now there's magic in the world. Terrorists have become even stronger. The black market right. now trades magical goods. Where are the magical girls now? Literally, the news shows a news piece of like uh, one of the magical girls. The remaining five was spotted with a, mm-hmm. a drug cartel, and so like, and like they're out of a job. Right. They're literally just veterans. Like veterans, right. the world doesn't know what to do Ooh. with. Uh, and it, it's super super interesting because literally the main character you follow right. basically just has PTSD because the main characters the they were the generals in this war and the aliens obviously right. went after them first and so the aliens assassinated her family and basically tried to psychologically take out the magical girls right. when they yeah. could physically and so it's it's crazy like it it goes builds upon this idea of like uh yeah the the military are involved. They they need magical girls. But now that the war, quote unquote, is over, we've now integrated with this new magical society. We've essentially upgraded. This is basically a change right. from swords to guns, right? What happens when we change right. from guns to magic? Uh, so it, answer, it asks a lot of questions similar to right. the Spider-Man movie, where, you know, the alien parts and spaceships are in the wreckage, but all of a sudden the black market now is mm-hmm. trading alien weaponry. Uh and it's really, really crazy because it's, it is, it is essentially is a subversion of the subversion. Like, no, there the mascot isn't like some all evil being. This is just politics. This is just one nation invading another nation, and this is just what happens. Uh, you know, the the girls were were told that they were saving the world. If they defeated the big bad guy, the world peace would come, and they yeah. they did, and then it didn't. Be, like people still fighting. Yeah, this would uh, be such an amazing story to tell. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to think of what RPGs would work with this. I feel like the Watch could work, maybe if it the was the Watch could. Yeah, yeah, or mm. yeah, it's it's very very. It's just it's so today. Yeah. Like it's literally airing right now, and it's just like Jesus. This is they're they're just they just keep yeah. pushing it farther it's like, and farther. It's it's very <laughs> yeah. it's. It, it's really far in theme from like the origins of the magical girl genre, but it kind of also makes sense as like a natural progression of where yeah. it would end up today with the things that people care about, right? And also the desire for people. Like a lot of, I think, people want to see darker explorations and more realistic explorations of things that they enjoy as kids, like you said mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So would you consider making uh, a magical girl board game? <laughs> To counter all the other ones that are not. Well, yeah, I was going to ask, like, what is the solution if there if we have a big problem with this in RPGs and board games when there's clearly this like amazingly diverse genre in in Japan? Like, how do how do we solve this problem in tabletop? Like, what is the solution? 
I mean, it's certainly. Uh, so here's the thing. I my personal uh, feeling when I went to a lot of board gaming conventions for the first time this year was one of almost odd hostility from board gamers. Where the moment I like something has anime on it, they already are like, uh, gross. Yeah, oh, that's that fan service stuff. Uh, and so, like, it's really, it's this weird situation where, like, the board game, I think, the nerd fandom of board games has traditionally never liked anime, in my opinion. They've always been the tabletop gamer, the war, like, war gaming gamer, and they never really got into anime. And they're like, anything that's anime is just bad. It's, you know, Chinese cartoons. And they, they are the people that I unironically call right. people uh, as an insult. Uh, and so, like, it's it's bad because you have these both sides. Like one side is okay, the immature anime scene has already settled in, and then the other side is anime is only immature. So like it makes actual anime fans almost mm-hmm. like not want to engage in this hobby, right? Like when I so the games I've made, I always love seeing people comment. Like a lot of the people who have played my anime fan board games mm-hmm. have never played real hobby board games. Their opinions of board games are a monopoly still, right? This this fandom hasn't crossed over. So, I mean, yeah, that's my, you know, that's my solution. Like, that's what I think is going to be the best way to do it. And it's just, you just could keep going. You keep cracking at it. And eventually, hopefully yeah. both sides yeah. change their opinions. It, right? it is literally like a clash of cultures as well. Yeah, it's true. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I've... See, th- this is funny because we're talking now and I didn't realize that I knew about your work long before we even interact on Facebook. Because like we arranged this episode through Facebook <laughs> after I posted on our mm-hmm. on a secret group that we're all in. Um <laughs> but but I had the non-exclusive group the but also secret group. <laughs> uh group and I uh and then I realized that I had read about your work on Kotaku last year when they they very publicly spoke about your Fire Emblem board game that got shut down by Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> Very quickly. Very quickly. They took down my website, my Dang. Facebook, everything. It was scary. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The Nintendo lawyers they, are hardcore. They gotta be if they're making the big bucks. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh my other fan games have not been nearly as targeted. Like Persona Five, um the Persona Ooh. Five board game has been really well mm-hmm. received as well. The Kotaku article did really well. And uh yeah, you know, Atlas <laughs> yeah. hasn't done anything. They don't care. Like it's a fan game. The the, com- the fan community yes, thrives it's true. when they yeah. make and fan I mean, like Nintendo. I, I mean, Nintendo was hard on people but posting YouTube videos. Of <laughs> yes, Nintendo games. Yeah, yeah, they're super hardcore. There was this guy who was remaking Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild uh, in in mm-hmm. ES style, cool. like two D top down in ES style. Uh, it was super cool. Is the game recreated right. as the classic top down two D? And he posted it. And then after several months, it got an article on Kotaku. Wow. And, then, and then it was like, nope. It's like Kotaku's got <laughs> to stop featuring these like, things. Yeah. Like, how do you expose like amazing work? Yeah. Oh. It's interesting. It's, it's certainly a red badge occurred within the Nintendo fan base. It's like all the Nintendo fans who make fan art and fan works, like they, I think their end goal essentially is to be noticed by oh Nintendo Sky and be slapped with the DMCA. <laughs> It is. Uh, at least that's, that's how I felt. A lot of people feel okay, the same so way. So we, I think. Uh, before recording this, we asked our fan, uh, listeners for 
questions that they want to pose to us. And we, oh, we're getting a little bit of echo from your end. Oh, yeah, that must be oh, from your sorry. end. Yeah. Oh. I can I fix this in editing, so. Okay. Uh, I think, Ming, I, are you still there? Yeah. Perfect. Boom. Great. Still here. Okay. So uh, we have quite a few questions and I think we touched on some of these already um, in our discussions. I'm just going to read them out. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we, we, yeah. Go for, go for it. No, we are running out of time. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's this, this is the perfect time to do questions. Yeah. Um, I think a really cool question from Yoshi is uh, tips for playing a magical girl when you, uh, anyone, it, it, the person playing it is definitely not a young teenage school girl and like also what not to do when you're doing this. So this is more like on the RPG <laughs> side or like for gaming. So like, how do you play these characters when you're just, that's not the experience that you had. And also if there's a, uh, oh, they reference the kimchi rule from the game, the long drive to Busan. Busan. Yeah. Cleo's game. Yeah. Cleo's I, game. I was going to say that that's my answer. Like don't do the voices. Don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. And Cleo's game was like, don't talk about kimchi. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you like, don't do the voice where you're like, oh my gosh, like don't do that anime girl voice because like, I know what you're trying to do. You don't, you don't need to do that. That's okay. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't I, do I think, yeah, that, that is, I mean, that's the answer I thought of. It's just like, don't talk about kimchi. That's the don't talk about kimchi rule. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go with the, uh, I'm going to hit you with the uh, counter-argument, Devil's Advocate, uh, and harken back to, I think, your first episode where Mm -hmm. you talked about playing Asians in tabletop games. And it's always been, I think I quote, uh, I think you said, I always thought I was playing an Asian character. (laughs) Like, I don't need a guide for it. And so the feeling is almost going to be like, uh, don't play a little girl if you're not a little girl. But at the same time, well, this game is about playing little girls, mm-hmm. just like this game is about playing a Korean character. Uh, and at that point, you're already opting into that. Just like if somebody plays Oriental <laughs> Adventures, you're opting into, I'm playing an Asian character. Okay. I just, just, no, I think don't be dumb I think about it's it. the same thing. If you're <laughs> like, opting into it, it's assumed that you're playing it. that character, so oh, you don't that, have to do the voice. Yes, that's a really good point. That's, yeah. like, that's like an extension of both of our... Yeah. Ideas. yeah yeah so so you don't need any specific signifiers um and then if there are themes that you want to explore you can talk about that with your table and say hey these are things that i'm interested in it, within this specific demographic like are we all comfortable with this and how do you all feel about it so then i think some of these things you if you just talk about it then and everyone is on board then you can run with it but otherwise yeah you don't need to do any affectations that would signify that you're definitely a teenage girl or whatever um but it's more on a thematic side i think that matters more yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah you're just you're just yourself but a teenage girl like don't don't change that. You're still yeah. You know, you're still Teenage playing girls whatever also you think you want to care be, about you know? life like other people do. You mean like uh, yeah? <laughs> they're not a different race. Japanese or not? Uh, so and then the <laughs> other question. Uh, this is this is the million dollar question. What is our transformation sequence? What does it look like? Oh, okay, God. so what if we what if we provide some what if we provide some like background information like what 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 is the series what are we fighting like what is the theme right because like sailor moon is like like 
I don't know. Do the pose. Yeah, that's like, a like good pose. Solar system oh, looks really good. Um, like, wow. Okay. Let's <laughs> forget I ever did that. Um, I, 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 I like yeah. threw up my hands are like we, a, are we on, like a mime. Yeah, that's my magical girl pose. I mime. Oh, that could that could be a thing. We could all be various. Mm. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Detective Pikachu trailers. With... <laughs> Don't even talk to me about Detective Mr. Pikachu. I am excited I... about that. I hate Ryan Reynolds' Are you voice. Not excited I love about it? Ryan Reynolds. I, I don't. I, okay, oh, I don't feel. I don't feel one way about Ryan Reynolds great. or it's another. So okay, like this is this is not shade against him, but I just cannot handle a Pikachu that that is not. It's not basically voiced by a woman. Like I can't have it not be the high pitched voice. Like it just bought. No, but 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 when but in in trailer number two when you know he he Pikachu goes in to fight Charizard and he goes Pika Pika and it's perfect. <laughs> no, I hate it. It's perfect. <laughs> okay, well, so it's true to the source material, yeah, because the Detective Pikachu games, the voice Detective Pikachu games is like a deep voice, and so the meme actually when the games first came out was that the localization. <laughs> The voice actor would be Don DeVito. All right. So All certainly right. Ryan Reynolds is, is better than This is definitely <laughs> a hill that I don't feel like battling on. We, we, we agree to disagree that Ryan Reynolds <laughs> is the perfect Pikachu voice actor. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. We agree to disagree. I'm, I'm disagree. That All right. Back to Jasmine. Anyway, so like. So like, what is what is the theme of our Magical Girl series? Like, are we all on the same team? Yeah, we should be the same team, okay. I guess. So, yeah. is this a Doremi style, or is this a yeah. Madoka subversion? Like, like we all have is to like Sailor Moon, super. where like you know, like like everything blocks us, so then our, our clothes change. And yeah, like how is it? Yeah, I think no fan service. I think for the sake of Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should stick to maybe the Sentai style, uh, and so it's not dark, and we're fighting evil. Well, we could make it dark. Oh, all right, okay. I'll, I'll just vibe off of you guys. I only have a very innocent one right now. <laughs> oh, all right, <laughs> it mostly involves cats. That's fair. Um, uh, let's see. I feel like we would be a very salty group, uh, full of quips. Okay. Right. I mean, <laughs> okay. I would be very salty. So. Yeah, my I immediately went into food themed. Okay, we could also be food themed. We're not because you said salty, but maybe because I'm hungry. I feel like that could totally be a thing, though. Can't we be food themed? With like ma- like a magical girl cooking group, or solving or, world hunger. I feel like that has to exist already. I I, I don't know yeah, of it. I mean, but I've seen an anime where there's one there's, of everything. It's like so. a bunch of different boys who are different foods, so we can just be different foods. I thought. Yeah, do you remember another childhood anime, Fighting Foodons? What? <laughs> what? Oh yes. God. What was that an anime? Yes. I only. Yes. So it was on Fighting Foodons. It was an anime and a manga and it was literally about these people who would cook up anthropomorphic foods what yeah and one of the characters i remember so vividly because i was like i really want a um like a shirt of this that the character's name is fried ricer in the the, like english translation Uh uh-huh like Oh man, I'll show you after. Okay, okay. So, all right, let's let's be different foods, like different food themes. I would like to be mango. Oh, that's a good. That's okay. a good one. Passion fruit. I'm passion. Oh, are we fruits? Yeah, I'm passion. We fruit. can be fruits. Yeah. I also think the passion oh, fruits are good. Fruits name is a too. good theme. Yeah, a good passion group. fruit. 
Yeah, it's true. Her colors are really cute too. Oh, I would I would take dragon fruit. I want I want to be I want to be a Chinese fruit. And dragon fruit sounds fierce too. Yeah, dragon fruit, passion fruit, mango. Gonna, wait, wait a sec. In my head, I was like dragon fruit, passion fruit, mango fruit. But I don't Star like fruit, fruit would be a very though. good. Sorry. Mango. Yeah. No, it's okay. You gotta be the you, you're the different one. I want to be. I want to be mango. Mango tastes so good. That's the only one I'll. Papaya. Papaya that fruit doesn't ring as papaya fruit. <laughs> okay, so what's our fruit transformations? If we're saving saving the world from like evil, unhealthy snacks, and we are the fruits. Oh sure. There's no fruit flies. Oh, so a race I of giant it. fruit flies. That's amazing. Yeah. Are we writing a game right now? Oh, right. Um, maybe. So okay, transformation sequence. TM. Oh, TM. 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 Um. Oh, what what is our what's the object? Well, okay, so. So for mine, it has to be like bubble themed because when you open up a passion fruit, there's all the little seeds that you eat, mm-hmm. kind of like a pomegranate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are like they like fly around in like like a tornado around yes. me. Yes, yes. I'm like, And because they're like kind of translucent, you can see my like silhouette inside. Yeah. And I'm doing this like a pirouette. I'm like I'm like spinning in circles, uh-huh. and then they all fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. And but but the ground is it looks like. Like balloons are all over the place, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of translucent and pearlescent. Mm-hmm. They're sparkling. Wow! And I'm like standing there. Have you thought this through already? No. Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. I like that. Uh, what about you, Ming? <laughs> yeah. No, I like the. Uh, I like the. I think oh. I like the general trend of hatching from our fruit. <laughs> Like I'd like it if I was like the transformation sequence is just like if fate it like cuts to a giant version of a oh dragon fruit and it spins around and it's glowing and then the fruit peels back revealing like you know the dragon fruit flesh and then like it just you know explodes and then there I am oh uh, yeah dragon fruit armor. Yeah, dragon I think about my outfit oh, yeah I think my outfit would, would look pearly like the inside <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. With accents of orange and yellow. Oh, I'm so into it. I think from I learned from both of you. It was all about transformation. So I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna make this about like like growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine is my character would probably carry around a giant pillow that is shaped like a mango. And then whenever oh, I wasn't expecting that. So whenever she needs to transform, <laughs> she'll like punch the pillow and then it'll like start the the transformation sequence. Um and yeah, I, I guess if she punches it, then she can like be inside of it, and then so we can do the birthing thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. Gonna, what if you like punch it, and you punch it, and then like you know how like the mango's got that like tough skin? Yeah, yeah. You punch it, and the tough skin like covers your fist, like armor, and like it comes up your arm. Oh, sick! Like covers your body, so you, so yours is almost like it's like a Power Rangers transformation. Oh, okay, I'm into it, like, that. Starts from That's your better. hand because you punch this. You maybe hold the mango in your left hand. Yeah, you punch it with your right hand. Yeah, it yeah, covers you with his mango armor. Yeah, and and then like the camera <laughs> just like, spins like, around you yeah. while this while it's like, it's, like yeah. covering you. Yeah, oh. yeah. I think I'm my outfit is definitely much more Sentai. It's just like bodysuit, but but it it smells sweet. <laughs> yeah, <I'll be. laughs> and it and it looks super super bad. Yeah, we all smell really great. Yeah, we all smell yeah. great. Oh man, and I would definitely like a visor. <laughs> a visor. <laughs> <laughs> when you said visor, I'm thinking 
<laughs> the the, the, the advisor. Yeah, the, the one my mom definitely has a couple. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh man. Yeah, that's that's what I want. I want that kind of advisor. If if you, dear listener, are a good illustrator, I would be very curious to the, see what this uh magical girl team looks like. Yeah. Um, wow. Dragon fruit, passion fruit, and mango fruit. <laughs> mango fruit. <laughs> Fruit and bracket. <laughs> yeah. We're just called and then and then the whole series would be called Super Sweet. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Whoa. Oh my god. That actual play? Oh, TM, TM, That's amazing. Oh. Okay. Wow. I think this is oh, this is perfect. Well, uh, Ming, do you have any projects that you're working on? Uh yeah sure plug I am currently working on a Steven Universe fan game so <gasps> like Steven Universe that is my current is Steven project. Universe tech like a magical girl show as well <laughs> this is what people have told me I've been thinking about this uh, I love well, Steven Universe, Universe literally has a magical girl transformation scene yeah which pays a homage to the magical girl series so like uh in the latest season when steven goes into okay this is spoilers uh no no it's 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 been on for a while you're right. spoiler alert spoiler when alert steven universe first transforms into uh pink diamonds outfit they they very much so use a magical girl transformation scene to do so mm. okay. oh my god so if you're gonna draw super sweet yeah Passion fruit, dragon fruit, mango, mango fruit, fruit, or mango. <laughs> I think it, I think it should be passion fruit and dragon fruit on the sides, mm-hmm. and mango in the center. Yeah, it's super sweet, but in the style of Steven Universe. <gasps> mm. uh, okay, I would like to request a pose. Uh, mango bracket fruit is definitely like holding her arms crossed in front of her chest, like a mummy. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking in a more aggressive <laughs> way, but <laughs> like a mummy. I'm thinking like <laughs> no. <laughs> Not like a corpse, like a like I'm ready to fight. Okay, I wanna I wanna be like standing up straight with my hands like 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 a like a point. Oh, like high above you. Yeah, like you're maybe stretching for yoga. Like I'm stretching for yoga. Okay, I got it. Yeah. No, this is a classic <laughs> Sentai pose, right? Like with the the arms crossed in front of you. I'm thinking of. I like remember this. Not dabbing, but like. Oh, that's true like too. Usain Bolt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Yeah, true. Okay, what, what's your pose? Oh mean? man, I don't, I don't even know. I guess I would just be Naruto running across the battle. <laughs> oh my god! You're just running, and Naruto it's running behind it's us. The most weird thing I can think of. So, <laughs> I, I, this, I guess it's literally doing standing like a mummy. No, 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 a sentai. A sen, super, super sentai, yes. Agatha, and I'm, I'm pirouetting. I'm pirouetting. <laughs> stretching i think i'm pirouetting actually oh okay that's good arms spread it's more dynamic i think yeah in, in the style of steven universe underneath it is what was this super sweet tm <laughs> super sweet syndicate oh i, I don't know oh, that sounds evil syndicate does sound evil super sweet yeah super sweet well you have to name it the magical uh, maho shoujo super, maho sweet. super sweet oh what less <laughs> Bless oh, that. Oh. Yo, I is that our next actual play? Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe. Forget masks. But okay, so the board game. The Steven Universe board yeah. game. Before we got sidetracked. Oh yeah. That is that is my current Ooh. fan project. Uh <laughs> uh not a lot has been posted on it unless you're on my Discord channel, which uh I post constantly i like i have a very active discord so if you like anime 
anime memes, uh, anime video games, uh, come join my Discord. It's uh, the link is going to be on my just any of my socials if you look up Brother mm. Mean Games. Uh, so yeah, you can find me on Discord. You can find me on social media. I'm working on Steven Universe, but I'm also working on a couple of original games that uh, I will hopefully take the Kickstarter with Ooh. because being a fan game developer or designer or maker, uh, yeah, it, it's it's not getting right. me far enough. I need, <laughs> I need to have a real game published yeah, with, uh, so with your own IP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh that's exciting yeah definitely uh yes we will we will update once you have updates on whatever the the game that you're working on the non-steven universe Mm -hmm. but yeah if you like steven universe that is certainly my main okay very cool well thank you so much ming for joining us (laughs) no this was a this was this was was enlightening like the whole time i've kind of just been like reading on my computer like commenting but then listening to both of you and my face, you just been like, yeah, I'm going to describe Daniel's expression. Eyes wide, mouth also slightly open. Yeah. Yeah. The, the anime scene is so wide and the magical girl anime scene yeah, is that's also true. so wide. Like basically you want high school sports team, magical girl. There's that. You want a musical uh, number, magical girl show. There's one that's literally just about a bunch of girls who are like, they, they're in the uh-huh. club. And they're magical girl glee right. club members, and they they fight, and like the whole fight scenes are magical, like are a musical right. production. Yeah, it's if great. you want, like everything yeah. is covered. Whatever you want, the the genre itself. Yeah, is already you want so a huge. mermaid who is also a singer and transforms <laughs> using her plastic <laughs> microphone. You, you got it. Sweet. If it's not, if you don't have it yet, it will be. You'll, yeah. you'll so, get it. So that's. There's probably at least a manga. <laughs> so that's uh, Twitter. That's all of your socials, actually. So that's Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Brother Ming Games. And, of course, you can download your games at BrotherMingGames.com. Yes, BrotherMingGames.com. Everything, all, all of the projects I've made are free print-to-plays. Uh, and they're also free on Tabletop Simulator. So Amazing. Great. Thank Ming- you so much again. Yeah, thanks so much. This was amazing. Yeah. This was very fun to really deep dive with someone about anime, which I haven't done in a while. And and dear listener, once again, we humbly request uh, something (laughs) something that looks like super sweet passion fruit, mango fruit, dragon fruit. Yep. Dragon fruit, Naruto running, passion fruit, pirouetting, and mango Mango fruit. fruit <laughs> sentai super sentai, sentai. yes thank you so much ming thank you so much this is this has been an amazing episode mm-hmm. yes thanks for having me all right have a good one thanks to brother ming for joining us for this episode of asians represent and thank you listener for tuning in if you want to listen to more from the one shot podcast network there is Backstory. Backstory is a cozy, thoughtful interview show featuring the most fascinating folks in role-playing. Join host Alex Roberts as she gets to know game designers, LARP rights, scholars, community organizers, and more. From emergent artists to seasoned veterans, guests open up about their creative process, what keeps them engaged, and their visions for the future of role-playing. Her podcast is so good. It's I listen really to good. it all the time. Yeah. I was on episode 50. Yeah, you were. We got to get you on that. Yeah. you. Did, we, we should talk to Alex. Maybe collab, do a collab. Collab, yeah. Yeah, collab. Should. Now, if you have any questions about this episode's themes, uh, the games and anime series discussed, mm-hmm. or anything else related to Asians Represent, get in touch with us on Twitter at Represent. 
Instagram and Facebook at AZNS Represent or by email at AZNS Represent at OneShotPodcast.com. I'm Daniel. And I'm Agatha. And you've just listened to Asians Represent. Represent.